0: Hey, what's up? Hello, welcome to Sounds Fake But Okay, a podcast where an arrow ace girl, I'm Sarah, that's me. And a demi straight girl, that's me, Kayla. Talk about all things to do with love, relationships, sexuality, and pretty much anything else we just don't understand. On today's episode, mental health and sexuality. Sounds Sounds fake, but but okay. okay. welcome back to the pod mac and cheese yep good good job i was gonna say something else but then sarah took a mac and cheese break for a second so i did felt right felt correct sometimes you have to take a mac and cheese break that no one's gonna listen to because you're gonna cut it out of the pod but like just so you know there was was a mac and cheese break (laughs) So So whenever you guys wonder, like, oh,
1: I want to hear the bloopers, just so you know, all it is, is Sarah cutting out a bunch of likes and ums, Sarah cutting out when we talk about things in our personal life that don't concern you, and when (laughs) Sarah stops to eat.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, got that down. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, Do we have any housekeeping? Um... I don't think so. We're back. We're back. at what cost?
1: At what? Back and somehow, even after taking somehow a break. Somehow worse. More tired than ever? Somehow worse. It wasn't supposed to be that way. Yeah. But, but you know,
0: we can't take every we week are. off. <laughs> here we are. Uh, oh, dear God. Okay. Uh, Kayla,
1: what are we talking about this week? This week, we're going to be talking about some mental illness, some sexuality. How they mm-hmm. do and intersect. Mm. Hmm. Yes. Mm. Hmm. We did do a long time ago,
0: in maybe like the first twenty episodes. Was that the one with Janie when we were all so exhausted because we did it at eight o'clock in the morning, the morning on the Monday morning after regionals? Yes. Mm -hmm. I recently—I don't know
1: if I recently listened to that or read the transcript, but it was not great. But I think that one was mental health and relationships and like how Mm -hmm. being mentally ill impacts like dating and that sort of thing. Yeah. So this one is adjacent to that, hopefully better.
0: No offense to Janie.
1: Yeah, it's not our guest Janie's fault that that episode wasn't good. It was that it was incredibly early and we were running on very little sleep
0: so was she to be yes. frank <laughs> we all
1: were not having a good time um love you janey so yeah so let's go shall let's go um sarah i think we should yeah. start by listing our mental illnesses
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: we love that would you like to share i would love to a bitch is depressed a bitch Mm -hmm. apparently has anxiety and (laughs) apparently a bitch also has adhd which is not a mental illness but it is a mental situation condition (laughs) it impacts my mental illness quite a bit so yes i am
1: also depressed and also have anxiety Which reminds me, haven't taken my meds yet today, so hold on. Take
0: them right now, live on the podcast. Can you hear them? ASMR, yeah. ASMR, my pill thing shaking. I went to the pharmacy to pick up my meds today. I don't know if you got the gulp, if it'll pick up the gulp. I heard something.
1: I don't know if the mic will pick it up. Anyway, I just took my meds. Um, Good. So, yeah. Thank you. Clearly. (laughs) we are mentally ill and also queer. have
0: sexualities
1: and we also have sexualities as
0: do we all as I most guess. people do yeah yeah i guess most adults most adults do
1: anyway so i wanted to talk about this because my mental illness impacted myself coming out and realizing i was demisexual a lot and the more I thought about it, the more I realized that for specifically like asexuality and aromanticism, I think that could be the case even more than maybe other queer people. But also mm-hmm. I'm not otherwise queer for uh as far as I know currently. Mm-hmm. But maybe. Sometimes I wonder. Anyway. Um <laughs>
0: that's a problem to unpack another day
1: <laughs> can i tell you sarah we i don't know if i want to keep this in um but the last several months i've been very infatuated with the fact of going to hooters and it's because <laughs> this girl on tiktok i follow works at hooters and like talks about working at hooters and it's just very interesting it's just because she's uh, like queer and they yeah but also you have to like serve To men mostly, anyway. Right. The reason I wanted to go is she was talking about how they serve men and like couples that it's a man and a woman. Didn't you and Dean go? No, you wanted to go. I want to because the the girl said that when a guy and a girl comes in, they treat the like they just don't talk to the guy usually to Mm -hmm. make sure the girl doesn't get pissed. Anyway, so I wanted to go to see if that would happen to us. But the more I think about it, I'm like. It's a little weird that I'm infatuated
0: with going to Hooters. Maybe she just want to see the titties. Maybe. <laughs> anyway. Do you, do you want to leave that in or do we need to make it a clean edit? <laughs> uh, we can leave it in. It's fine. Okay.
1: Um. Listen, sometimes you wonder things and that's okay. Um, Me. Anyway. Always. So I guess I just want to go. I feel like I've talked like at, cause as this was unfolding, we were doing the podcast. So bits and pieces of it made it into Mm -hmm. the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, But I kind of want to talk about like how my anxiety especially impacted my sexuality and then talk about more broadly kind of like other things I've noticed as I've thought about this more and that I've noticed with like other people who are even just like straight. So
0: Mm -hmm.
1: are you ready? Let's dive
0: in. I'm ready. I've never been more ready. Do you have anything? Uh, Do I have anything to add? Not really. Okay. I kind of came to terms with my sexuality before I really had dealt with my mental illness at all. And so it's kind of like one came before the other, which is kind of the opposite of your experience. So I, I don't have a ton to contribute here, but I am here to party. Okay, well, when we get into, like, discussion later, I feel like I have
1: some questions mm-hmm. for you that you probably won't be able to answer seeing as yours came in that order. Okay. But we can do some speculation together. Sure. Um, okay, so... Where to begin? At the beginning. At the beginning. Uh, well, the beginning is that I started having anxiety in high school, but it was just about, like grades in school and stuff. So that really had nothing to do with my sexuality because also I didn't think about my sexuality at all until college, which seems relatively, I feel like that happens for a lot of people. But anyway, once I got to college, I started having a lot of anxiety about friends, first of all, because going to college is very stressful when you're like worried about making friends. I think that's also like very normal. But I was also very anxious just about like, dating because i didn't have a lot of dating experience i dated like one guy in high school but nothing like juicy ever happened um and so i got to college. juicy probably because he was a mormon and i and at the time i was not yet post-catholic i was yeah in the middle catholicism catholic (laughs) still catholic um but yeah so then when i got to college i was like okay well things are probably gonna happen And I do want them to happen, but I am afraid because what is sex supposed to be like and when are you supposed to have it and what is going on?
0: I can't relate at all to the wanting things to happen, but I can relate to being afraid. (laughs) Yeah, that tracks for where we are. (laughs) Um,
1: So yeah, I feel like the earliest, and I don't actually remember this happening, but one of our friends reminded me that this happened and I still don't have clear memories of it mm. probably blocked it out but I think my first like anxiety my, like like dating induced anxiety was this guy that was like in our feeder org that I would like flirt with I guess we like at one point were making out and then I got stressed that he might want to have sex with me and then I like ran away and vomited I don't remember
0: this. <laughs> Um, but it tracks because it sounds vaguely familiar. Well,
1: it also sounds vaguely familiar because that exact scenario did happen later with other men. Yeah.
0: So it's so, not like it's out of
1: character. <laughs> not out of character at all. But yeah, the weird thing was like that, that happened freshman year. I started dating my first college boyfriend the summer after freshman year and there really wasn't much anxiety there because he was like very chill with like waiting and doing whatever I wanted. Um, which was nice. But at the time shouts out <laughs> shouts out. Yeah. Uh if you listened from the very beginning, that's the person I was dating when they first started the podcast. Um, but at the time I also wasn't thinking i was demisexual because sarah wasn't out so i didn't even know what it was yet or if i did i just like wasn't really thinking about it so mm-hmm. in my mind the reason i was stressed was just because i was like a virgin and like didn't know what i was doing and distressed about like doing it right which is like those Capital are the nat- virgin virgin even though it's not a real thing i was um <laughs> but <laughs> So I was just attributing my stress to like the normal things that anyone of any sexuality would go through upon having sex for the first time. Of like, I want to do it right, and what if and it you hurts, know what? and that. Maybe kind of thing.
0: maybe some people don't have these concerns, but those people are definitely in the minority. I should like I people mean, who I, are just like, yeah, let's go. I'm ready. I mean, I, I mean, have, have no concerns so. whatsoever. <laughs> I've never met
1: anyone who wasn't like worried about their first time. Being, like, awkward or painful or correct. Because society makes it seem like it has to
0: be amazing. And it doesn't. So people get a lot of stress. Have you talked a lot? Have you... I mean, I don't talk to people about this, really. So in your experience, when you say you don't know anyone, um, are all or most of those people people who were um, socialized as women? Yes. Mm -hmm. I... I guess I, w- is it different for people who are socialized as men? Maybe I mean I'm sure, I'm think sure think of... some are n- nervous, but they're yes. I imagine most men aren't thinking, "Oh no, what if it hurts?" You know. Well, yeah, the hurting thing, not so much. <sighs> I think people socialized as
1: men have a, a different concerns, like, "Will I last long enough?" Yeah, that's and you you know, that kind of thing. I do have male friends, or so. Well, they are they are socialized as men and identify as men, who yeah. were nervous. I also just happen to have more female friends and female mm-hmm. socialized friends, so that probably skews my data. But
0: mm-hmm. And I don't ask
1: my friends about this. <laughs> so That's fair. I don't, I don't really know. have any data. Yeah. I mean to be fair, I happen to most of my friends happen to like not be hugely sexual or have a huge sexual past.
0: Yeah. So, I also feel like of of the people that I might be close enough to discuss these things with, it was either already, it had already happened by the time I knew them, or it Mm -hmm. still has yet to happen. So there just hasn't been a discussion yet. Yeah. If if there is to be one. Yeah. I remember us talking a little bit
1: about when it happened. Because I remember you asking like, I, I don't remember if you asked me if it like, You're really the something. only
0: person I've talked to ab- about yeah. this, though. So.
1: <laughs> but I remember you asking me, like, do you think you would do it again? Mm-hmm. And things like that. Um. Anyway. I didn't know what to ask a person in that scenario. No, but see, I think that was a very good question. Because it was not a question I was expecting. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's a question that people usually
0: ask. But I think it's mm-hmm. a very good question to ask. And I don't remember asking it, or at least I I didn't remember asking it until I saw that Kayla had written it in the book. And I was like, oh, I guess I did say that, didn't I? (laughs) Which I do think is a very good
1: question because people just assume that you're supposed to like it. And so once you have it once, you just like, I guess even if I don't like it, I just keep having to do it. Yeah. Which isn't true. Like you asking, like, did you like it? Would you do it again?
0: Mm -hmm. Allowed
1: me to be like, okay, if I didn't like it. I don't have to do it, you know? So I think it was a good question.
0: I feel like sometimes that question is asked when it comes to more, for some reason the, the term my brain is uh, ascribing to it is extreme sex, which is not. Extreme not, but like, se- But like when it comes to stuff that's like the less like standard, like this would get a person pregnant sex, like that, It's it's maybe asked more in that context. Sure. But like if it's just like, Regular, old, traditional heterosexual well, yeah. I sex.
1: Think that's more of a thing with, yeah, like kinks or mm-hmm. things like that of like, oh, did you like this thing you experimented with? Not, yeah, yeah. just like the standard base level sex. Right. Yeah. Right. Anyway, so that's what I attributed. Stereotypical. Yes. That's what I attributed yes. a lot of my anxiety anxiety towards. And honestly, that's probably where a lot of my anxiety was coming from because I didn't know to think about another reason why I might not have been ready. Candidly, me and that first college boyfriend didn't have sex for the first six months of our relationship because A, I wasn't ready at first, and then B, there was a lot of medical issues going on also during that time for me. But Mm -hmm. um,
0: other concerns
1: (laughs) happening. Yeah, but because of all that medical stuff and also being like a virgin, I was just like, oh, those are the reasons. I didn't think about well maybe you're just like weren't sexually attracted to him at first you know what i mean
0: mm-hmm. and i feel like looking back on it i don't know if this is your experience but i feel like at at the time it wasn't like i i mean i wasn't thinking about whether or not you were having sex with <laughs> i was not i wasn't like wow i really hope kayla starts having sex wow soon, i wonder when she's doing we, we share a room wow um but like you know looking back on it now i'm like i feel like like most people the the average person at least would have at least wanted like wanted to to initiate something whether they were comfortable with it once it started happening is another question but at least like been like oh yes there i here's a thing that i'm interested in and that just wasn't your experience for a well, while. Well, not at, at for, least it's, for, a, for while, a little bit. Yeah, for a little bit. Yeah,
1: not for the full six months because for the right. back half of that, it was like medical shit happening. Right. Um. But yeah, you're right. Like those first, I don't, I don't remember how long it took me to start wanting to do anything sexual. I think it was, I don't know, months at some number of months. Um, months while being exclusive too, not just yes not yes true so yeah I don't know I just like didn't know to think about it but midway through that relationship Sarah came out and I started thinking about it more and realized I might be Demi but it like I just decided not to think about it because we were dating it didn't matter anyway um after we broke up and I started like seeing people again it became a major issue for my anxiety especially because I didn't I couldn't just be like, oh, the reason I don't have want to have sex with this person is because I've never had sex before or because I have these medical issues. There was, like, no legitimate reason in my mind that I, like, understood as mm-hmm. to why that wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and, well, except for, like, anxiety. I was having a ton of anxiety around it. There was several times where, like, I was seeing this guy. We were like hanging out doing stuff and i would have to like leave to go throw up and have an anxiety attack um because i was like so romantic right yeah just (laughs) super sexy um because i thought like oh my god what if he like tries to make a move or something and i'm not ready like what am i gonna do and i just like freaked out because also you know anxiety just causes like a cycle of thoughts and whatever sure um
0: and like it wasn't even that you didn't trust him it was just the 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 prospect of even being faced with that situation was just so anxiety inducing oh yeah it was right
1: yeah yeah it wasn't that i felt like he was dangerous or that i thought he was going to pressure me into anything he was a very sweet boy
0: Mm -hmm.
1: nothing even ever happened he like never even tried anything Mm -hmm. it was just like the sheer thought of like if he tries something now what do i do because yeah. i knew i didn't want to do anything but i didn't how know do i why. explain myself yeah and like yeah that's such an awkward situation
0: to just be like no goodbye um, but like also i still like you but like also no right and like i can't really explain why i'm saying no because i don't fully understand why i'm saying no
1: <laughs> yes and he was also like had more dating experience than me seem i never asked him like how often do you have sex but from my perspective, seemed like someone who was like much more okay with casual sex than me. So I was like, in my mind, I was like, he probably has sex all the time. And it's like, had a ton of casual relationships. So he's gonna think I'm weird for like, being a prude or something. So yeah, it was just like a whole weird thing that I, you know, also, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I think college hookup culture and just like society, and being raised as a woman, just a lot was going into it that I yeah. just, like, was not thinking about it at the time.
0: A dangerous little soup of
1: things. <laughs> it's A dangerous little soup. <laughs> um, But, yeah, it made it hard because I was, for a long time, like, well, maybe just an anxiety trigger for me is sex. Like, maybe mm-hmm. sex just makes me anxious, and that's just how it is. And I also was thinking, like, okay, maybe I am demisexual, but I was then... And to this day, sometimes I still have, like, thoughts about this. You know, we none of us are 100% okay with our sexuality all the time. Mm -hmm. But it was like, am I actually demisexual or am I just, like, anxious about sex and I just have anxiety that's, like, not doing well right now and I'm just, like, taking on this identity that's not mine. Um, So having, like, kind of both of those identities at once, being a mentally ill person and also Mm -hmm. an A-spec person, I was really struggling with that balance when in reality they're just like incredibly in intertwined because
0: mm-hmm.
1: maybe sex is an anxiety indu- inducing thing and that's because i'm demisexual you know what i mean yeah yeah um not
0: like the other way around or you know yeah. whatever so we, we try to separate out these things and put them in their own little boxes but the reality is that inside of us they're a gross tangle of mess and there's nothing you can do about that
1: yes yeah Rip. so i don't know i feel like the more i kind of thought about it i was like there's no way that that is just an experience that i had because if you are especially i feel like someone who's sex repulsed and you don't realize you're asexual and perhaps Mm -hmm. you do also have mental illness or you don't and this is just like a random thing comes up and you're like why am I feeling this way and if you don't realize asexuality is like an option
0: mm-hmm.
1: you just assume that there's something wrong with you and I think you know that gets into the whole other thing about like a- asexuality being like medicalized and things like that
0: mm-hmm. is
1: you just don't you know you just don't realize that
0: yeah. it can be both sometimes you know People who aren't informed but maybe do know that they have certain mental illnesses may look at themselves and say, oh, this must just be another mental illness because it's something that's that's wrong or, you know, different from other people. And therefore, it must be, you know, something to 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 medicate or cure, which it sucks that so many people think that way. But, yeah. you know. That's why we're trying to inform people.
1: This kind of gets into like the kind of the greater half. Like that was my that was my introduction of my personal experience. But I like the the greater topic I think that interests me the more I've thought about this is that on the flip side like when you are a depressed and anxious person, sometimes that does come back and influence how you experience like mm-hmm. like sex drive or like your want to have close platonic or romantic relationships with people. And mm-hmm. I feel like that gets into like a whole other side of it of like when people ask us like, oh, I've had this trauma. Am I allowed to in- identify as arrow or ace? Or like there's a lot of antidepressants that a side effect is like vastly lowering your libido or your sex drive yeah and i feel like that just gets into a whole other like interesting can of worms of like
0: you know it's all just a messy tangle yeah no i i mean i think that has part of the reason that it's been helpful to me to have come to terms with my sexuality before really doing anything about my mental health was that like i was quite sure i was ace by the time i ever took any medication um and so they were like oh like this could decrease your sex drive and i was like yeah that, that's fine i don't i don't, <laughs> don't care. care um and then like you know so i been doing that for a while and then um recently when they when she she wanted to put me on like an anxiety medication in addition to that she was like oh this might like counteract like you know it might bring back your sex drive as if that's like a a a reason for me to take the medication and i'm like i i don't i don't it doesn't matter (laughs) literally don't give a shit i don't care (laughs) but like for someone who's questioning those changes could be could hinder your your process in a certain way well yeah i've definitely seen videos of people talking
1: about like i just got off my antidepressant and i don't think i'm ace anymore like i've been identifying as ace for years and now i am Mm. like really not sure because Mm. i got off this antidepressant and suddenly i have a sex drive again and as we know, sex drive is not the same as sexual attraction, but can be very closely linked for people. Mm. So I can and it, see there would be a lot of confusion there.
0: Yeah, and it also just comes from people not being informed on the difference between attraction and, like, sex drive. Like, even even within the ASPAC community. I mean, there's, you know, it's not something that I was fully aware of for a while you know after I learned about asexuality so it's you know it's it's hard it's hard that it's so complicated and the complicatedness is is good because it it makes for lots of of nuance and gives space for all sorts of people but also it's 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 hard
1: yeah I mean that's even something that I've been thinking about recently is like sex drive versus sexual attraction because Mm -hmm. i personally have been very depressed for uh several months um a minute a minute but to just give you all a lot of intimate details about my life i don't i well i got on antidepressants when i was like 16 um
0: so I don't really remember what my sex drive was like when I was 16. Um, also, when you're 16, from what I hear from the allos, um, there are things happening that sure. may impact. Yes. I don't, I can't relate. I don't know. Well, yeah. I personally just, really like, don't really experience. remember. I don't really remember what, what puberty was going on
1: or my sexual feelings were at that time. Yeah. Um, So I personally don't know if that was like impacted for me because I just don't remember what it was like before. But I've never known myself to be like, have my sex drive impacted by my meds or my mental illness. But Mm -hmm. lately, I've had no interest in anything because I'm just very depressed. But it does kind of make you think because if I have no want to have sex, Mm -hmm. then So sex drive is like, I want to have sex in general. Mm -hmm. And sexual attraction is, I want to have sex with that person in particular. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have the drive to have sex at all, then you're not often going to be thinking, I want to have sex with that person in particular. So that's That's something I've been thinking a lot about recently
0: is like, what? Yeah. You know? I guess I never thought of it that way. That's a good point. It
1: makes, because, yeah i don't because i it makes it even harder to parse out of Mm -hmm. of course you're not going to feel sexually attracted to one person in particular if you just like don't feel like having sex at all right
0: right yeah and you may i was gonna say Uh, you you may have you you may (laughs) my brain just stopped working um you may have some sort of other attraction to that person. It doesn't, you know, like, romantic or aesthetic or otherwise. But, like, if if you don't have any drive to begin with, then maybe you just won't view them as, as someone that you are sexually attracted to, even if in other circumstances you you might find that you are.
1: Yeah. And... Yeah, like, for people who are maybe depressed and so, like, don't feel like uh, even, like, getting out of bed, let alone having Mm -hmm. sex. Because that's a lot. Listen, y'all.
0: Sex often happens in beds, but it seems like a lot of effort. It's a lot of energy. And so speaking from
1: someone who, when I'm depressed, I want to do literally nothing, it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah. So anyway, if you're someone who's, like depressed or you have some sort of like anxiety around sex or if your meds impact that Mm -hmm. it would make sense why you're like i guess i have no sexual attraction and maybe you
0: don't but who knows Mm -hmm. that's that it's that has me thinking now i would be really interested to hear about any a-spec people who are bipolar Mm. because you know for for people who are bipolar often you have you know like the manic states and then you have the Mm -hmm. more the the states that that resemble depression a little bit more and so i would just be really curious to see like if anyone struggled with that in their questioning because you know sometimes it would be like all out and sometimes it would be not or if you know in both states they just had no interest i would be very that would be very interesting to me
1: that is super interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It just really kind of has me thinking about when you are, because especially like, you know, in media and when you have kind of models of, in society of like, this is what attraction looks like, this is what a correct quote unquote relationship looks like. It's mm-hmm. usually depicted with neurotypical people. Yeah. So when you are a not neurotypical, well, first of all, so when you are when you are not neurotypical in any way, your relationships and the way you interact with people are going to be different in some way, full stop.
0: Would you say that they're atypical An atypical asexual? Kayla didn't like that. I'll wait. (laughs) Now I don't even know what I was saying. When they're not neurotypical. Yes, when you're
1: neurodivergent in some way or you have something like ADHD or even some sort of like disability, the way that you interact and form relationships with people is often Mm -hmm. at least slightly different from the like conventional model. Yeah. So when you add that, so you have that just base, Mm -hmm. but then also you start feeling like, okay, well maybe I'm even like further from that. And this kind of gets back to like kind of what we were talking about our episode with Liam about disability is it's, like, am I, like, is this caused by my disability? Is this mm-hmm. something that goes along with whatever I have else going on? Or is this, like, a completely separate thing? Or, like, in my case, do they kind of, like, interact in some fluid way that, like, I'm not able to kind of put them in their own boxes? You know? Yeah, you can't, you
0: can't parse it out. Yeah. I don't know. It's all complicated, and it's, like, this is stuff that, like... I mean, sure, people can do studies and people can, you know, give anecdotal evidence and talk about it. But, like, we're never going to have an answer to this in our lifetimes, for sure. No. So, Um, yeah.
1: It's just complicated. And it's frustrating because people obviously want answers of... yeah,
0: Humans want answers. Either, like,
1: why am I like this or, like... You know, the, like I said earlier, mm-hmm. the amount of people that we've had ask us are just kind of, like, seen generally on the internet. Like, I have this other thing going on. Can I identify as A-spec if I feel like this other thing might be causing it or, like, related to it? Is that okay? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. do whatever the fuck you want, dude. Yeah. Like, we talk all the time about how sexuality is something you're born with. When I feel like really it's kind of more of a thing of, like, sexuality or romantic orientation is something that not necessarily you're born with, but that you just can't change consciously. It's kind of like
0: a, 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 your personality. Like, yes. your personality is your personality. You can try and make changes to it outwardly, but, like, the way you are innately is not going to change But, like, it's also not necessarily written in your DNA that this person's going to be, like, super outgoing.
1: Yes. Because, you know, like we always say, sexuality is fluid. Maybe at certain points in your life you were identifying as, like, bisexual. And then now you're like, I'm actually not attracted to this one gender. I think I'm, you know, like a lesbian now or I'm gay. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't get to... Even if sexuality is fluid, you don't get to choose when it's fluid or yeah. why you can't that be like change on, happens. Yeah.
0: You can't be like, on my twenty-fifth birthday, I think I'm going to become pan. Like that's not how that works. Yes.
1: <laughs> like you can decide when you want to switch your label and start mm-hmm. like come out that way or to mm-hmm. like recognize it for yourself. But But the way you feel is nothing you can do. Right. Like whether that is just something that like occurred because of nothing else or occurred because of something that happened in your life. Mm
0: -hmm. Like that
1: doesn't make it not the truth, you know? Yeah. Like just because you might think like maybe I like was identifying as asexual for this time and looking back, maybe it was because of my meds. That doesn't mean it isn't true. And also because I've seen this a lot lately of queer people saying they went through a quote-unquote cringe asexual phase
0: Mm. just
1: because you found out that it was a phase and not your quote-unquote forever identity does not mean that it is a phase for other people and that it it is doesn't mean invalid other people yeah i really don't enjoy i've seen that a lot lately and it's Upsetting. That would be
0: like someone being like, Oh, I had I was in my cringe bisexual phase. Like I thought I was bi. And like if 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 the cringe is like, oh, I thought I was attracted to men, I get it. But <laughs> but Well, I can understand the cringe of
1: like looking back
0: and being not, embarrassed not understanding
1: by not yourself, understanding yeah. what was going on. That I get. Because that but, is cringy to look back on. But the orientation
0: but. is not cringe. Yeah, it's,
1: I don't know. So anyway, whether you feel like there was something else in your life impacting Mm -hmm. why you are identifying as a certain way, that doesn't mean that it is that way. Because I think a lot of people, there is obviously no rhyme or reason. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that you can point to in your life and say, that's why I identify as ace. That's why I identify as arrow. This happened, and now I, like, turned gay.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, that, can, that, you know, that, there uh, are things that can contribute, but that's not how it's I don't know. It's difficult because, yeah, it's a lot of weird contradicting stuff.
0: they also that also implies that there's a base heterosexual state and yes, it, and, and not that a person is just a blank slate, you know, and right. I mean, the only way we could really prove this is if someone could prove that the multiverse theory is real and you just mm. vi- visited a bunch of different versions of yourself. And then just pinpoint what's different, and then yeah, and then just be like, so do you all identify this way? Like how? Like what percentage of you identify this way? Why? Um, But the thing with the multiverse too is that there it's infinite, and that's overwhelming. That would be from a scientific study, from a cycle, like from a from a from a social science study perspective. That seems hard. Um. Yes. Okay. That would probably be impossible. Anyway, if anyone knows a multiverse version of themselves, uh, let us know. You ple- Honestly, please do. That sounds very interesting.
1: <laughs> anyway, I just think this is very interesting. And we didn't even begin to get into, because we have no authority to do so, like your mental state and gender. I assume...
0: Do Mm -hmm. I've never questioned
1: my gender? So I don't know that it would be the same thing of like, am I do I have
0: anxiety or is this gender Mm -hmm. dysphoria that I'm feeling right now? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we also surely can't get into, you know, people who might have dissociative identity disorder and like how, you know, different alters experience things differently. Like, I don't know the first thing about that. Um. Yeah, which is, I do find
1: very interesting, because I know we have a few people, like, in our Discord server with DID, Mm -hmm. um, and I don't recall that, like, all of the alters are the same, like, the same sexuality, so it is, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know, it's super interesting, and I feel like I just want to, like, hear other people's experiences, because I know for me, I really struggled with, like, coming to terms with my sexuality Mm -hmm. and like how my anxiety played into that and that was also just like a very painful part of my coming to terms with my demisexuality was just that I happened Mm -hmm. to also be very anxious about the whole situation
0: because it was impacting Um, your relationships and and what you viewed as your future right and it's also you know anytime you realize that
1: something is different than what you thought at all about yourself Mm -hmm. or otherwise it's you know it's Mm -hmm. stressful to find out that basically you were like wrong about yourself about yourself yeah yeah so yeah I don't know I just think it's interesting and I'd like to hear like other people's thoughts about if they went through a similar thing or if they feel like their mental illnesses like is really intertwined with their sexualities if they like struggled to come out as a certain sexuality because they were afraid that it was really just their mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I want to hear.
0: Yeah. Did
1: you, I meant to ask you this, but I think your answer mm-hmm. is no. But since you realized that you were mentally ill, mm-hmm. pretty much, after you realized you were Arrow Ace, did you mm-hmm. ever, was there ever a point, even after, I guess, when you were like, oh, I've just found out that I'm depressed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe I'm not Arrow Ace.
0: You know. No i never had that experience and i i think it's partially just because as has been pointed out to me um i'm a very indecisive person but once i commit to something i commit to something yeah (laughs) and so like you know i you know there was never any point where i was like i don't know if i'm asexual yet but i'm just gonna call myself asexual like like I, i i i didn't embrace it until i was sure about it and so i think i think for me just because that's that's the way i am once i once i commit i commit (laughs) um and i've i'm very lucky in that you know i don't really give a fuck about what other people say once i've made that commitment (laughs) um but yeah i i think for me it's just been um And maybe it's easier because I'm both Arrow and Ace and because, you know, even the questioning that I have had, my conclusion is it doesn't matter. And I know for some people, when they question, their conclusion is not it doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, And so that makes it easier for me to be like, okay, even if I am questioning something, you know, I I can just let it go. I don't don't get stuck up on it, Um, which definitely has has made this experience easier for me and i wish it were uh that simple for everyone but it's it's not yeah i mean i wish no one were mentally ill but here we that are. would be
1: nice that but would be, here we are actually i was recently i don't remember if i said this on the podcast maybe i said this to my coworker. Mm-hmm. but i was telling her that rather than no one be mentally ill i would rather everyone be mentally
0: mentally ill yeah, because t- too like I don't I wouldn't want to take away someone's mental illness if, if they feel as though it's it's a part of them like it's, it's you know well, when people talk about being into, like autistic and you know yeah, that
1: gets into the weird thing of saying that people need to be like cured when it's yeah like, then it's like okay
0: are we talking about down. eugenics <laughs>
1: yes, um yeah
0: but yeah I mean I don't know I don't know I guess it. it It's kind of like, you know, if you could change your sexuality, would you? If you could get rid of your, you know, mental illness, would you? It's like those answers aren't necessarily the same because they're, I don't know, they're different. Even thinking about it, though, like, obviously being
1: mentally ill really sucks and it makes certain things really hard. But Mm -hmm. I, well, first of all, I hate change with a burning passion. Mm -hmm. But to think about just like not being mentally ill anymore does scare me because it's kind of like it's a comfort to almost mm-hmm. have that part of yourself,
0: you know, just to like that's yeah. how things are. Well, and part of me too, like if, if, if it was just like, okay, suddenly you are not depressed anymore, like you just don't have to deal with that, like then I would, I would almost feel like I would be facing like, Okay, so like you don't have an excuse. So like, you <laughs> that know. That is also hard. Like like at this point it's like I'm trying my best. At least I hope I'm trying my best. Like I'm th- 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 yeah, I'm I'm doing my best. But like if I were like I know that I'm definitively not mentally ill, it's then like no excuse. <laughs> then there's no excuse and it's just like it's I feel like I would I would start expecting even more out of myself, which is uh not necessarily a healthy reaction. Yeah. But
1: I think that's also like I know a lot of people when they start like anti antidepressants, they get worried about that of like Mm -hmm. being depressed is like part of who I am and like kind of part of my personality. And I'm gonna lose like (laughs) part Mm -hmm. of myself if I go
0: on meds and that kind of thing. So Yeah. And different people Make different choices regarding that. Like some people are like, you know, when I take meds, it makes me so not myself that I would rather just not take the meds. Whereas for Mm -hmm. some people, like the meds really, really help them. So, yeah, I feel like if I, I don't know if I would be able to not have ADHD. I don't know. I don't know who I would be without ADHD. Uh, You would be very different. I I feel like I, I really don't know with with my depression and anxiety. I I have a better grasp on who I would be because I uh, didn't have depression and anxiety to, to the extent that I do now when I was a kid. You know, like, I didn't, well, have, also, I didn't have diagnosable. <laughs> yes,
1: but I also feel like, at least for me, my depression and anxiety are pretty episodic where it's, like, sometimes I'll be totally fine and then there'll be, like, a couple weeks where I'm really unwell. Mm-hmm. But from the impression I get, at least for how your adhd works
0: it's never not there so and like yeah. yeah i feel like with with depression and anxiety those are things that have they've gotten worse as i've gotten older and they have impacted my life more and with adhd although i didn't know about it until i was older looking back on it it's like it's always been there yeah so, I don't know.
1: I remember when we were, like, freshmen and you were like, maybe I have ADHD. And I was like,
0: uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, yeah, but, like, I, I, I can't imagine myself not ace. Like, there's just, it's it's a yeah. part of you. And that's, that's the way it'd be. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have anything else to add? I don't think so. Okay. It's all complicated. And it's all um, a big soup. It's all a big soup. It's all a big person soup. Um and I hope you're able to tailor your soup so that it's tasty. But it's not gonna Mm. be tasty at every at every moment, you know? No. Is that cannibalism? Mmm. Hmm. If the soup is in you? I don't want to think about it. Kayla, what's our poll for this week? Uh, I don't Are you soup? Are you soup? Well, soup is soup. Well, soup from our Discord soup is, is soup. soup.
1: <laughs> we do have one person that listens that is
0: definitively soup. <laughs> definitively soup. Um, I mean, we could say, like, do you feel that your mental health and your sexuality... interact or like do you feel that one has had a marked impact on the other mental health being a broad term because everyone has mental health regardless of whether they have mental illness
1: yeah something about yes i'll figure out how to word it but something about that yes
0: okay kayla what is your beef and your juice for your soup this week my um, beef my juice for my soup
1: is, my juice is that for the long weekend I went home and I went wedding dress shopping with my sister because she's getting married and did a bunch of stuff with my family. And It's then a saw, pretty dress. It is a very pretty dress. I cried about it. Um, And I saw a bunch of my friends from college and also my friends from the grew.
0: And I, I saw just, that post of, of the group, and I was like, You're telling me Perold has seen Kayla and I haven't? Yeah. <laughs> I yes. Like, Perold got to see the mask. With me and Perry Kayla. spent like
1: a whole day today, like, a whole day together. It was very beautiful.
0: Perold, please share. <laughs> um,
1: But yeah, it was just like very reinvigorating, and it felt like things were a little bit more normal because all of my friends from grew are vaccinated so we were able to like have a nice like felt like a back to normal hangout and it was just
0: it was just so nice i attended an outdoor birthday gathering over the weekend and we were all at least mostly vaccinated and so we we were maskless and i was like this is what it's wow this is what it's like now i'm tired (laughs) <laughs> yeah
1: it was I'm like still recovering but I also had to fly hungover so I guess that's one of my beefs is I had to fly hungover yeah. Um, yeah, I guess my other beef is just now I'm just like very tired from like traveling and being socially active yeah. my other juice is I went to um like a I think it's called like a metaphysical shop I don't know like crystals and such mm-hmm. and the store people were just like very nice and I had a great
0: time. Good. Yep. My beef is that it is staffing season, which means work is hell. Upfront started this week and that just means my work is hell. That's all you need to know. Um and like that didn't really happen last year because beginning of pandemic and also because I had I didn't have as many bosses. But now I'm suffering. Um, Yeah, we had to
1: push We Sarah called me and we were about to start recording and then she had to leave and go do a bunch of work. It was very chaotic.
0: That my boss was like, I need you to to roll calls to these seven people. And I was like, bye, Kayla.
1: (laughs) And we can't record later this week because my family, even though I just saw
0: them, is now coming here and Sarah has jury duty. Yeah, and I don't know what day they're- I haven't had to show up for jury duty yet, but I know I'll have to. Anyway, my Juice, um, is a new BTS track coming out. It'll be out by the time this pod's out. I'm sure it's a bop, a summertime bop. It's called Butter, and I like butter. Like, the the dairy product? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's gonna be great. That's all. Um cool you can tell us about your beef your juice your thoughts on butter your mental health on our social media at soundsfakepod we also have a patreon patreon.com soundsfakepod first time with the second round of changes i think this one's gonna stick all right for now i think it's least. gonna stick until <laughs> until until we oh, simply no. get too popular
1: okay.
0: um which is what we, happened last time we made changes no. I have a we I have a new $2 patron. We have a new $2 patron. It's Alessandra Scott. Thank you, Alessandra. Alessandra. Um, Welcome. Welcome to the party. Um, we have for our this week's $5 patrons, we've got Emily Collins, Book Marvel, Jamie Jack, Jessica Shea, and Rhea Faustino. And we have five a new $5, $5. 5 for 5 $5 foot long. And we have we have a new $5 patron. It's Eliana Curry uh yay yay welcome thank you um our ten dollar patrons oh this is where the change is <laughs> uh-huh. Obviously, what, what am I doing? our ten dollar patrons who get to promote things this week are arkness who would like to promote the trevor project benjamin abara who would like to promote tabletop games and anonymous who would like to promote halloween our other ten dollar patrons are sarah mccoy and my aunt Jeannie, cass Imagine if I just said Aunt Genie. Everyone's Aunt Genie. She's everyone's Aunt Genie. Mm-hmm. She's everyone's aunt. Um, Cass, Doug Rice, H. Purple Chickadee, Barefoot Backpacker, The Steve, R.E.K., Maddie, Derek, and Carissa, Aaron, Kadir, Potato, Changeling MX, Sarah Kujawa, David J., The Stubby Tech, Simona Simon, and Rosie Costello. Our $15 patrons are Nathaniel White and Nathaniel designs.com. My mom, Julie, who would like to promote Free Mom Hugs, Sarah Jones, who's at Eternal Ollie Everywhere, Andy A., who would like to promote being in unions in the IWW, Martin Giselle, who would like to promote his podcast, Everyone's Special and No One Is, Layla, who would like to promote Love Is Love, also Flying to Arrow People, Shrubbery, who would like to the planet Earth, Thea who would like to promote Twitch TV slash Malady Dia, Sharonda J Brown, who would like to promote um, erasing her debt, Maggie Capelbo, who would like to promote Mini Land Leigh- Loki. Oh yeah, that's their dogs. Kayla, you should have written their dogs. I thought you I, would just know. I I read what I see, Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> andrew who would like to promote their loved ones getting vaccinations and dragonfly who would also like to promote eliminating sharonda's debt our 20 dollars patrons are sarah t who like to promote long walks outside um not just sharonda's debt really everyone's debt all all specs, because as we know specs can't owe money thanks for listening uh tune in next sunday for more of us in your ears and until then take good care of your cows